0: Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast.
1: Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast.
0: As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods.
1: Putting STEM
0: into every classroom, every day. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. You can find me on Twitter, at DailySTEM, and we like to find great educators and innovators who are adding more science, technology, engineering, and math to their everyday classroom. And today we get the special privilege of chatting with Megan Johan, and you can find her on Twitter at Johan Mundy. Uh, That notes, the show notes, will have those and how to find that. But uh, Megan Johan is a second grade teacher. She's a co-founder of EdCamp FSUSD. And she teaches at Monday Elementary in Fairfield, California. Welcome to the show, Megan.
1: It's nice to be here. It's my first it is. podcast.
0: Woohoo! All right. You are ready to be uh, famous now. Yeah. Yeah. Is that,
1: what, is that what happens after you do a podcast?
0: It, it, it does. It, <laughs> Um, and and let me let me start off by saying uh, I I love listening or seeing the ideas that that Megan shares that are happening in her classroom on Twitter, and you just do some crazy stuff in your second grade classroom. So let's just first off just chat. How did you get to to be a teacher, doing all the sciencey fun kind of stuff with your class? Uh,
1: so you know I used to teach preschool and I, I taught preschool to Montessori before I went and got my teaching credential. Yeah. Um, I tried to go into construction management and baking, and it was, it was not for Wait, me. Wait,
0: construction management yes. and baking.
1: Banking, yes.
0: Oh, and banking. I thought you banking. said in baking.
1: Oh, that would be cool that, too, but no. That would
0: be really interesting. Like, how can it. you can construct a giant baked cake? Uh,
1: yeah. So I, I uh, did not like that uh, private sector whole thing. So okay, I went and got my teaching credential, and that that was it for me. Yes.
0: And, and the rest is history and now you're now you're a you're a co-founder of an ed camp now what are a lot of a lot of people still don't know what an ed camp is so could you could you give a little brief explanation of what that is
1: so an ed camp is for teachers by teachers the schedule is not set ahead of time you all just sort of come together and then the attendees brainstorm the things that they want the sessions to be about and okay. then uh, you Basically, make your schedule for the day in real time after you get all the ideas, the schedule gets set up and then we use the power of two feet, which means you vote with your feet and you go to the session you want to go to. And if it's not working for you, you get up and you walk to a different session. So it's all choice for the people that are going. And it's a really cool way to do PD and learn wow. what you want to learn.
0: So, so if, if a teacher like looks up, how do they, how do they find out where those ed camps happen?
1: So the EdCamp uh, Foundation is online. They have a really, you know, they're a global sort of unit that works to do the, the smaller EdCamps. So you contact them, you say, I want to put on an EdCamp mm-hmm. and they send you resources and uh, they'll send you money even to get started. Wow get coffee for everybody in the morning and uh,
0: get co- coffee coffee plus teachers equals success right uh, and
1: then we get all these great people from educational companies and publishing companies that donate stuff to us to give out um, mm-hmm. or raffle off so there's awesome swag that you can pick up with these and it's yeah. all free you don't pay for it
0: wow Stop. and so so, that's, that's a great example of, of what professional development is starting to look more and more like in, yep. in this day and age when people can connect easily through things like Twitter and, and the internet. And so, you're just part of that process there in, in Fairfield, California. Um, you're also part of the Q Rockstar stuff. what What's that all about?
1: So, Q is computer using educators. Uh, John Carippo is our executive director. Yeah. Uh, I did my first Rockstar camp. Last week, I presented at my first Rockstar camp. I've been to lots of them, but it's the same idea that you're uh, driving your own professional development and you awesome. go to a Rockstar camp and you choose which sessions uh, that you want to learn about. So mm-hmm. same premise. Yeah. They're doing awesome things for teachers for sure.
0: Yeah. Because teachers are rock stars. Teachers, mm-hmm. teachers every day are in that classroom. You're in that classroom. You're, you're coming up with ideas and, and it helps to be able to come together and, and share ideas. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so let's, let's back up to some questions here about, about STEM. Now you do a lot of STEM kind of stuff in your class with second graders. Why do those kids love that STEM stuff so much?
1: Uh, well, you know, kids, they're designed to be curious and explore and use their hands and Mm -hmm. what better, what better way to learn than to, to, to do all those things. And I think STEAM incorporates all the hands-on learning and the exploration and the wondering and the building and, you know, so incorporating that into as much stuff as you can only makes your teaching better, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And gives kids more choices and, and opportunities of things to do and, and apply that knowledge, not just. And still, I mean, it,
1: And I love that STEM like embraces this whole, you know, growth mindset thing, too. We've sort of pulled that in and uh, uh-huh. the kids, it's like a safe place to try things out and fail. And surprisingly, that just goes right into all the other academics. Like if you're safe and you have a good place to fail through all of our STEAM activities, well, when you get to these other things like regular, you know, things in math class or sharing your ideas, mm-hmm. the whole failure thing, it's it's okay. It builds culture. It's a great pedagogy to follow.
0: Yeah. But but keep in mind, educators, you know, the kids are the only ones that fail. We never fail. We, we do <laughs> everything perfect every time. Right, Megan?
1: Right. right every time. Yeah. So. Uh,
0: you got some good failure stories in your classroom. Things you were trying and they just flopped. so it,
1: ha- it actually happens all the time. I couldn't think of one particular time, um, but the kids call me out on it all the time, and I was just like, okay, everybody stop for a minute. Like, let's re- <laughs> let's reboot. I have done something wrong. So you know we fail all the time. It's great for us to to show them that it's okay, and then to learn from it. Like, what are we gonna do to fix it? And we sort of brainstorm that together. Like, my, my failure. How should I fix it? Um, so it's an awesome learning experience for kids. And yeah, teachers should definitely be modeling that in the classroom. Right. I
0: yeah, I, I love what you just said. Use let's let's reboot kids. Let's
1: yeah. all the time.
0: The, the big control alt delete in the classroom. So. Yes. Um, but what I like, I like the, also what you said, what can we do to fix it? And, and I think kids love that when they get to be part of that, yeah. that decision-making process. Um, yeah, so, so you do a lot of things with nature, uh, in your classroom. I, I love seeing some of the different things you, you've, you've had praying mantises that you, that did you guys hatch them or was it a different classroom hatching them?
1: So, um... Uh, One of my special ed teachers, she got really into it when we were doing insects. She went out and bought the cases. Yeah. And then um, one day she came and she's like, oh, my God, I have like 200 baby (laughs) mantises. And so we let a lot of them go in our little garden that we have here. And then I kept about 16. And then I think think we ended up with two that really like they do eat each other. You have to be careful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of like second graders, right?
1: Yeah, right. (laughs)
0: So um but that's a that's a great example of even just your uh enthusiasm and contagious caught on with the the para pro the special ed teacher that was helping out in your classroom then.
1: Well, you know, where this came from is when I taught sixth graders, uh we went to camp. We went to outdoor camp every yeah, that's
0: pretty common thing for middle school kids. Yeah. For
1: a week. And you know, I would try to teach things in my science class, and I'd I'd spend a week on whatever it was. And then we'd go out to outdoor camp, and they'd learn the same thing in 15 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, there was something going on out there that I could not replicate in the classroom. So trying to bring as much of the nature and the science in from the outdoors is always a good way to, to go with kids, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and then they, there you go. They learned it. It only took them fifteen minutes to learn it when you're actually outside.
1: It was amazing. I'd be like, oh, I've been trying to teach that for two weeks, and you did it yeah. in ten minutes. <laughs> it's,
0: it's it's like the oxygen levels are so different outside. It's and, and that's a great reminder, educators, just stop and and sometimes even just take the kids outside. Mm-hmm. But even even if you're learning about nouns, you could take the kids outside and say, okay, find some nouns. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be. Let's find. Cause we happen to be talking about the, the exoskeleton of a crayfish. You don't have to find crayfishes, Cray, Yeah. Crayfishes. I guess you'd say it like that. So, uh, but um, but you do a lot of other, just activities with your kids. I, I I've seen you share things like a, like a paper airplane challenge or planning a trip to Legoland, and And it doesn't even have to be something big and complicated or expensive. Those are, those are both real simple things, right?
1: Yeah, so the paper airplane challenge, it is really hard. We spent all year learning to just fold, right? Second graders, oh yeah., We have, they have the hamburger fold and the hot dog fold. <laughs>
0: hamburger and hot dog, yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, so by the end of the year, we had done a lot of practicing with folding and they were they were ready for it. So you know, you just give them little little things to test out, like who can do the one that stays in the air the longest? who can throw one the furthest distance. So they tinkered around with different uh, designs that they found on the internet, and uh, they had they had to come up with four different planes as a group that they could test for these different challenges. Yeah, uh, and they had a really good time with it. There was a lot of failure there, but they really embraced it, and they. Yeah. They took it in stride by, by the end of the year. They really had that down. So
0: I, I like how you, you said they had to come up with four different designs to be able to test out. Not just, okay, make your best one.
1: Right. That's, that's cool. And they did oh. also learn if you keep testing them and they crash, they don't work so well in the actual <laughs> test later on. They would have to oh. refold a final product after it had been yeah.
0: So. Yeah. And, and whereas second graders, like you said, that's just a, that's just a skill that they have to learn how to fold paper. And, you know, I'm sure there's things like even using scissors and not cutting off their fingers. And they
1: call those soft skills, right? Soft skills. Those are important too.
0: Yeah. And, but yet those things, if you, if you reinforce them or teach them by saying let's fold and make an airplane or let's fold and make uh, paper art, if it's, you know, maybe third or fourth or fifth grade or origami, uh, instead of just, okay, let's fold, you know, no kid's going to want to say, okay, let's just practice folding paper. No, no. Um, so a kid brought you a spider.
1: (laughs) He was a student I had from last year. Yeah. And he felt that it would be a really wonderful gift. He found it uh, walking around outside and it was a crab spider and he insisted to his mother that they collect the specimen and bring it to my classroom as a gift. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, uh, it's nice to get things like that. Or when kids send me pictures, you know, over the summer of uh, their banana slugs.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. My
1: my favorite invertebrate. I love getting stuff like that from kids. It's the best.
0: Yes. If you have a favorite invertebrate, you and Megan are in the same category. How many people, raise your hand right now, wherever you are listening to this podcast, uh, if you have a favorite invertebrate, right? Right. We're waiting, though. The whole earth is tipping because everybody raised their hand.
1: They even sent me pictures of them kissing the banana slug. Or it's a video. A video wow. of them kissing the
0: banana slug. But that's, but that's the connection that you can make with your kids when you start to open yeah. up with them and and you get them excited. Okay. And then the learning isn't, I mean, you said this is in summer, right? Aren't, they're not in school. They're still learning. They're still mm-hmm. looking stuff. That's so cool. And they had to figure out how to get the technology to work, which that's probably easy. They can send a picture to anybody, so. Um, so, so this is a lot of just interesting, innovative things, nothing, nothing fancy, nothing complicated, just, just look around. What can you do? Um, so obviously you've had some failures, like you said, but what are, what are any other things that you just love to focus on in your classroom or, or innovative things you've done or things with, with STEM and STEAM in your classroom?
1: Um, well, you know, we start out the year building culture, because you, you really can't do STEAM and STEM in your classroom if the culture's not there. Yep. Um, if it's not a place where kids trust each other and it's a safe place to learn and make, you know, have failures. So we spend a really long time at the beginning of the year doing activities that, you know, might be STEM related, uh, different challenges that you work in as a group to build the culture to get to this, the STEAM activities. Yeah. So uh, you can't always just jump in and be like, hey, we're going to build a bridge together, right?
0: Right, right.
1: They do need all the skills that lead up to collaborating to a project like that. So I, I would encourage anybody who's going to start doing this in their classroom to really focus on that culture building uh, mm-hmm. prior to trying anything huge. Um you know, but I've had kids, uh, I had a group of third graders get together after they had been my second graders and they built a Greek labyrinth out of cardboard and glue. Wow. And, um, it was for a Sphero and then they uh-huh. added like QR codes because they wanted people to learn about Greek mythology while they went through their little maze with their Spheros. Wow. And uh, they took that and presented at a student powered showcase at Fall Q um, so we've taken a couple of little projects and gone outside with them to present uh, the kids love to like show off the things that they do in the classroom.
0: too. Oh yeah. And, so and finding gives- yourself
1: an audience is, is great. So if you can ever share what your kids are doing, you know, the kids really love that.
0: Well, and, and like what you just said, I mean, that's, that's part of them um, finding their finding how much they really enjoy what they're doing and, and really stepping it up a, a step instead of just, I'm just doing learning these skills for one week, you know, like you said about learning 15 minutes it takes to learn outside. They learn so much uh, from actually using those soft skills
1: mm-hmm. presenting
0: something as for well. Sure. That's awesome. Do you think STEM education in the future should look and education in education general should look more like that in the future?
1: Hopefully, we'd like to get our message out and have more teachers, you know, doing this in the classroom. And really it is like, you know, are being comfortable with it. Is it a lot of work? Am I going to work harder? Am I going to have to do more? And, and building, because sometimes the integration model, seeing STEAM integrated into everything that seems overwhelming for some teachers.
0: Yeah. yeah. Giving
1: people a place to start is also Mm -hmm. really important so that we are more comfortable with it. But, you know, definitely STEAM in the classroom. I'd like to see, you know, obviously more women and girls getting involved. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, I think some school districts still need to be providing more innovative programs for kids and getting kids the opportunities to do STEAM activities. I think that's really important, too. I think yeah. we're lacking in some places. It's not always equitable all the way around, right?
0: Right, right, right. Um, you know, uh, and by the way, we're chatting again with, with Megan Johan. You can find her on Twitter at Johan Mundy. That's J-O-H-A-N-N-M-U-N-D-Y. Um, Megan, you, you've talked a lot about doing, uh, some of these, these PD days, the Q stuff, the ed camp stuff. Um, do you think, do you think that's, that's also the future of education as well?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that, putting PD in the hands of the people that need it and mm-hmm. letting them, letting them drive their own. I think more and more PD is going that direction is, yeah. uh, choice and what works for you because yeah. uh i can tell you i've been to a lot of pd before that uh, <laughs> it's not always the best or entertaining or you know and we should be having fun right like we're yeah. we want the kids to have fun while they're learning why can't teachers have fun while they're learning so yeah i think more You're- and more and more evolution is going to start to happen with with professional development for
0: sure yeah and you were telling me uh, before we started about you taught a session just recently mm-hmm. and you had you had your participants actually have to make a bubble wand to make bubbles and stuff right they all did that perfectly right
1: no so yeah you know we it's one of the activities uh we do in our classroom is we have the kids uh follow a recipe which is huge right uh, Oh yeah to create their own bubble solution, and if they don't do it right, you can't blow bubbles. And then uh, with that, they also have to design and engineer their own bubble wands. But, you know, one of the great things about setting out materials for kids to design with is some of the materials you know are not probably going to work. So, oh, yeah. letting them experiment and see what works and what doesn't, rather than giving them everything that will work. Uh, so I did that with the, the teachers in the room and some of them had some aha moments where they were like, Oh, you know, wire is probably not the best thing to blow a bubble with. And they started talking (laughs) about, you know, the designs of bubble wands that they'd seen. They're like, Oh, they have those little notches in them. I wonder if that's important. So those conversations are being had in an authentic way instead of us asking for kids to have those authentic conversations. And, yeah. It was, it was more difficult for those teachers than I think they thought it was going to be.
0: Wow. And, and I'm thinking through, you know, as teachers, sometimes we give the kids too much information. We give them too many steps and, and you presented to those teachers, Hey, here we go. This is what you got. Yeah. Build it, design it, engineer it. And
1: That's struggle, awesome. struggle is important, right? We,
0: we should yeah. let,
1: let kids struggle a little before we just jump in and Rescue them,
0: right? Yes, yes. We can't. We can't always come into the rescue, and be their superheroes. Sometimes we got to be Alfred behind the scenes, helping Batman and Robin. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> um, so, uh, one fun question I like to ask, uh, Yo, Megan, Johan, uh, what person in STEM or STEAM, past or present, would you love to have come be a guest speaker for your second grade classroom? There,
1: um, somebody's probably said this before, but Bill Nye.
0: Bill Nye. Yep, that's Ben. That's okay. That's a yeah. great answer.
1: Uh, because man, he is the first guy that like made science cool, right? Like fun and cool at the same time.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine that he's like this old guy now, but he still knows how to make science. It, it's I've I've heard some people call it edutainment. You know, where you're combining education and entertainment. It's
1: my eight year old like binged watched his show from you know. The late '80s, early '90s, whenever that was, yeah. the, all all summer long. So, if you're,
0: so if your kids are binge watching Bill Nye at home, mm-hmm. then then you're probably a sciencey, mathy teacher like like Megan. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, Megan, it's been great having you on the show. Any any other last thoughts you want to want to share with everybody?
1: No, just that we should be doing more STEAM in the classroom and uh, find yourself somebody that uh, thinks like you and. And wants to team up and help you know at your own site, see if you can incorporate more of these activities in the classroom.
0: And if you can't find someone nearby you, then reach out to people like Megan on Twitter at Johan Mundy. And there's so many, so many educators sharing great ideas. And if you follow along and you see some of the pictures and activities that they post, it's incredible and inspiring.
1: Yeah,
0: it helps you feel okay with trying something and failing.
1: Hopefully. Hopefully.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's uh, because the kids are worth it. So. Um, Well, thank you for being on the show today, Megan.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's been great having Megan Johan on the show. And thanks again for listening to this episode of the STEM everyday podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Just search for STEM Everyday And. Follow me on Twitter at Daily Stem. And thanks for joining us. And we'll talk to you again next time. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit remarkablechatter.com.